Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Good morning, Toastmasters. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. Today I have the pleasure of meeting with Isa Israel, a Toastmaster from Elite Toastmasters. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Don. Thanks for having me. Isa, you, I, I said you were part of Elite. Tell me about Elite and how you got involved with it. Did, did somebody invite you? Did you find them on a website? How did that work? Well, funny enough, uh, as we were here in, our, in my office, uh, we were having a financial education seminar here in the office, and I was fortunate enough to meet with Martha and Prince Leftridge, and they uh, immediately after meeting uh, and saw the, the quality in which of my speaking was and how I was presenting the information to them, they thought I'd be a perfect fit for their club. So they invited me to come in for uh, the first meeting that was coming up in a few weeks. And I attended the first meeting and I saw there was a great group of people that were very supportive. And immediately after that, I was like, you know what? This is a great opportunity to get involved with a really cool organization, a lot of great people in it. And I just jumped right in. Had you heard about Toastmasters before you met them? Truth be told, I had no idea what Toastmasters even was prior to meeting Martha and Prince. I had no clue. You know, because uh, coming from New York, you know, I was never in a circle where that was a thing. You know, as a, as a sales guy, when you work on Wall Street in New York, everything's a seminar. Everything's being pushed to you in a hundred different ways. Something like Toastmasters wouldn't have even come up in conversation. But here, you know, it's different where you, you have people that are a lot more open, a lot more inviting. So it was a, a natural fit. You know, I, I was a very open person with them. They were very open and forthcoming with me. And it literally just lent to a beautiful relationship. And I'm very proud to say that uh, being involved in the last, I want to say it's been three and a half, four years now that I've been a part of Toastmasters, uh, thanks to them. And it's been a great experience. Great. Now, you are also a member of the District 3 Speakers Bureau. How, yes. did, how did you get hooked up with that? Also, once again, thanks to Martha and Prince. Uh, you know, right after I joined the group uh, Elite Toastmasters, uh, they saw that I was far and away exceeding a lot of the other members in terms of my quality of my speeches. And the reason being is that from my you know history and being a salesman for my entire adult life, it lent naturally to being a good public speaker. And they felt that if I really wanted to progress and really wanted to make this a viable part of my career to be a professional speaker, then they had to push me in that direction. So initially, the push was for me to get more involved in the district, and uh, they made me an assistant area director for a little while, and I was helping out with that, got familiarized with you know, the Toastmasters community that way. And then there was an opportunity uh, when the Speakers Bureau was being reformed for me to do a tryout. And I believe if you remember, uh, you were there filming my, my tryout. And uh, I guess everybody liked it. So I, I got approved. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I am the youngest member uh, in the Speaker's Bureau. There you go. All yeah. right. Now, you mentioned New York. How long have you been in Arizona? Uh, it's coming up on four years now. Uh, April of this year is going to be four years. Oh. Have you gotten used to the heat yet? The heat? Yeah, I love the heat. <laughs> to be honest, I love the heat. What I'm not liking is our current monsoon season ah, right now. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not been treating me nice. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, overall, I mean, it's it's been a great move. Uh, I moved here from New York uh, in part for health reasons, but in part also to help continue to grow the business. And uh, it's been a great uh, transition, I have to admit. 
Okay. What industry are you in? Well, originally, I actually started off in the finance industry, and uh, we had built out our company to basically be a one-stop shop for financial services, everything from debt consolidation to credit building, uh, personal loans, business loans, hard money loans, and covering a really wide spectrum there. And um, we had a great first two years when I moved here. Things were expanding. The business was growing. And then, of course, just like everybody else, COVID came, and it hit hard. And in doing so, we had to pivot and we had to transition just like many other businesses did to survive. And now what's funny is we took all the uh, experience and expertise that we built up over the years in finance and have now transitioned that into doing uh, full-on software sales and building our first ever uh, service, uh, software as a service business, a SaaS business, essentially. Right. One of the things that I like to ask my guests is... Tell me about that very first meeting. Well, it was interesting. I, I, I was a little bit nervous, but I wasn't sure what exactly to expect from a Toastmasters meeting. And I arrived to this meeting and, you know, first thing is you walk into the room, everybody meets you with big smiles, everybody's very welcoming, which in and of itself, for someone like me, I'm very outgoing and I'm very open. This was great for me to feel that. But uh, I could only imagine like when I brought my fiance in for her first meeting, it was she had a different experience than I did. Like for me, I was excited for her. She was super nervous. Right. And nonetheless, whether you come in excited or you come in nervous, when you have good people like Martha and Prince that are there to support you they automatically make you feel welcome and, and bring you into the club in more than just trying to get you to sign up, but to try to help you reach whatever your goals are. Now, for myself, for example, I looked at it as a new opportunity or a new platform to develop and practice my speaking skills. But for someone like my fiance, she came in incredibly nervous, incredibly terrified to be in front of a crowd of people and, uh, and be ready to speak. But now what's interesting is even though her first few attempts were tough, over the time of being in the club, it actually helped her develop her skills as well, so much so that it actually led to her getting her current promotion at her job. You know, and the fact that she was actually part of Toastmasters was the icebreaker that got her the, to the supervisory position that she's in now. Which is hilarious to me because, you know, what are the odds, right? Like, you know, you, you're, you're part of Toastmasters. Somebody knows that you're part of Toastmasters. And because of that, they give you an opportunity that you may not have otherwise gotten. I hear that story all the time is that Toastmasters helps people with giving them opportunities. Absolutely. Yes, it gives skills. And yes, that helps with confidence. Now, you strike me as the kind of fellow. You weren't lacking for confidence. You were not... A, afraid to get up and speak in front of that group. But in the three or four years since then, what have you learned from Toastmasters that you didn't have before? Ah, that's interesting. See, uh, at the club level, I would say for me, it was more about developing my leadership and, uh, and my skill set as far as being able to communicate with a broader audience. Now, what's interesting is I would say my growth as far as a speaker, really propelled itself once I became part of the Speakers Bureau because in doing that next elevation, 
it was really more set for the professional speaking audience, right? When you come into a regular speakers bureau meeting, uh, I mean a regular Toastmasters meeting, the dynamic is different. It's to take you know uh, somebody that's a novice or might have a little bit of interest in it and develop the foundationary skills. But for someone like me that already had a decent foundation, it was more about building on and adding to that foundation, right? So I think that the initial coming into the group was great. I went through my first two paths within a year uh, of being in the club. And uh, and then I learned a lot while taking on my role as president of the club last year. Uh, so th- that in and of itself, I was able to develop my skills as far as mentorship uh, with some of the other members in helping them develop their skill sets for speaking in front of their colleagues at work. Uh, namely, one of our one of our members, she came to me privately, and uh, I'm not going to mention her name because I don't want to put her on the spot. But uh, she came to me privately because she felt like she was being uh, overlooked at work, you know, and her colleagues were not showing her the respect that she deserved, being as how she was heading up a team there. And after a few sit down sessions together, we worked out some of the confidence issues, some of the ways to present herself a little bit, uh, you know, more eloquently. And then all of a sudden, things turned around for her as well at work. And that for me, as a mentor or as a guide is super, super important. You know, I as uh, for years, I've always taught something right when I was in college, I used to teach math and science to my fellow students. When uh, I got into sales, essentially, I was teaching my clients about their rights and regulations as far as finance goes. So being in the teaching space, you always gain a benefit when you see your clients or your students excelling. And when you see them progressing and reaching their goals, it it really uplifts you. And that for me is uh, what I, I would say the biggest thing I got out of Toastmasters, where I got to see people that I was helping achieving their goals. And that meant a lot to me. You've described some of the key things that are takeaways from being a Toastmaster. You described the ability to learn core competencies, things that if you've never done any speaking, you learn how to do that. You, you discovered that it's also a leading organization, a learning how to lead. Uh, one of our taglines for Toastmasters International is where leaders are made. Right. You don't, you're not a born leader, you're a learned leader. Exactly. Exactly. And it takes time. You know, uh, I've been, you know, the head of my company for quite some time now, but learning to lead in different dynamics with different personalities is really what being successful in life is all about. You have to be able to adapt to every situation, every different type of personality and person that you're going to deal with. So I think Toastmasters brings a great opportunity to the table to have people that may not have that type of experience and really give them an open channel or an open floor to speak where they can get in front of a variety of different people and learn how to quote unquote, as they say, assess the room, right? Learn the audience and learn how to present that information in a way that will resonate with that audience. As a member of the Speakers Bureau, what kind of opportunities, professional opportunities have you had to, to go out and actually be engaged by an organization for a group or a meeting? Right. So what's actually cool is uh, we're developing this out now. Uh, this year's uh, chairman and uh, and team that is heading up the Speakers Bureau is really focused on getting us out there and getting a lot of opportunities under our belts. So that is something I'm working on developing this year. 
So truth be told, up until now, I've only ever spoken at, you know, financial conferences covering subject matters like debt consolidation and credit development, things like that, which, you know, is basically the foundation of everything finance these days. Um but now I, I want to really delve more into the motivational space and inspirational space. And that's something that uh, the Speakers Bureau is definitely helping me to develop. Um, truth be told, I've never been paid to speak as of yet. I have spoken at many different conferences, but it was only like an invite basis, you know, as maybe a, a keynote or part of a panel, but nothing where I was actually being paid to speak. And this is something that for me is now going to be a first this year, you know, to start developing that those relationships and getting in front of the type of organizations that would pay me for my expertise and my knowledge. Excellent. So the Speakers Bureau is providing opportunities for you, even though you were already a strong, motivated speaker to begin with, yeah. they're providing you extra dimensions. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the idea being is that you have people in the Speakers Bureau that have been professional speakers for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, even in some cases. And the truth of the matter is, no matter how much you know, there's no way to replace who you know. Right. You know how they say in business, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, in the Speakers Bureau, the type of people that are the members and the ones that are educating the rest of the group are people that have been in this space for so long that they have all those connections. They know who to reach out to. They know how to guide you on setting up new relationships with organizations. So for me, it's been an ongoing learning curve. Right. And I love it. I, I, I got to admit, every time we have a meeting now, we're always continuously learning a new technique or a new strategy. So I look forward to where this year has, uh, you know, has le to lead to ahead of us because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, this year I'm coming into the motivational speaking and inspirational speaking component. Uh, a lot of that ties into my personal life and my personal uh, challenges with my health and other things. So uh, this year, uh, the Speakers Bureau is actually going to be helping me to promote uh, my overall message, which is what I'm building, finally building the confidence to put into my very first book. Mm. Uh, the title of the book is going to be called Overcome, and it plays on the duality of the meaning of the word overcome. Because if a person is overcome emotionally, that's a negative thing, right? Because they can be depressed, they can be stagnant and stuck in a certain part of their life that they're not happy with. But at the same time, anytime somebody overcomes an obstacle, that's generally seen as a positive, right? When if they, they overcome some sort of a hurdle or something that's holding them back. So the, the tagline that we're going with for the book is that in life, if you learn to overcome your obstacles, you will never be overcome. And that I think is probably going to be the biggest push for me as, as a member of the Speakers Bureau to start getting this message out to people. You know, the reality is for me, I've gone through so much in my life, more so than many. Uh, but of course, there's still many others that have gone through even more than I have. But nonetheless, I want to be a positive beacon of inspiration to people so that they understand that no matter that hand that you're dealt, at the end of the day, it comes down to a choice. And if you make the choice to adamantly fight every day for what you feel is right, I think that that is a great foundationary step to understanding that no matter what the adversity, no matter what the obstacle placed before you, if you address it as a, as a task that has to be overcome, as opposed to a action that is causing you to be overcome, by default, any obstacle now becomes just another task to overcome. It simplifies your life. 
So I think that's something that the Speakers Bureau for me has definitely given me the confidence to start, you know, blanketly promoting out there. Now, is that book available to, to readers yet? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I'm, I'm about 70, 75% done with the book. I hope to finish it in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I have a wonderful writer that's actually helping me with the book. So as I said before, I'm a sales guy, right? I, I've never been an author ever. But... I have a great mouth and I know how to speak. So what I've been doing, actually, funny enough, to write this book is uh, I've been recording myself speak for anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour at a time. Those recordings I then put into a software that transcribes it into text for me. I then take that software, uh, I take that text that's been transcribed by that software, pump it into another AI software to beef up the, the context of what I'm saying. And then I hand that off to a actual published author that's helping me organize it into chapters and probably yeah, properly chronologically place the book in a logical order. You know, so I'm hoping to be done uh, this month, I hope. And then once it's done, I'll be releasing it out on Amazon, which will then connect us to Kindle and Audible as well for an audiobook. You know, as I'm listening to you describe that, that process just now, it occurred to me that down the road, you could have another lane for your speaking, and that's to help budding authors. How do they get off the dime? How do you get your Absolutely. story published? And once you've done it successfully, you can teach others. Exactly. Exactly. And that's really what it's all about. You know, I think that when you're part of Speakers Bureau and you're part of the Toastmasters organization as a whole, you're taught to lead by example. And I think that exactly what you just said now is exactly doing that. You know, if you can be successful in an arena, there's no idea that in my mind any type of competition could be getting in your way because there's no such thing. The reality is if competition was a concern, there would only be one burger joint, there'd be one pizza joint, there'd be one whatever, right? Because there, there would be, they would be perfect. But the truth is that competition only makes us better, right? And helping one another and learning from one another is the best aspect of life. I mean, what, are we, what else are we here for, right? We're here to pass information to one another to help develop and progress our society. So I think Toastmasters and Speakers Bureau are great organizations that basically highlight this, right? Because they promote you based on your ability to be a leader in your community. And I think that is probably the biggest thing that I would recommend anybody that's looking to get this understanding or needs to develop this skill. I think that would be probably the biggest recommendation I would make as far as joining up with the Toastmasters, as well as even if you're maybe not interested in being a professionally paid speaker, maybe even becoming a member of the Speakers Bureau to really become a community leader. You know, that, uh, that aspect, I think, is super important mm -hmm. because leading by example, you know, if you're setting the right example, society gets better. If you're setting the wrong example, society gets worse, right? So I think for us to be at the forefront of that, I think, is a major, major opportunity. And I'm very excited to be a part of it. Now, you've had a lot of success and i imagine you've had a few setbacks in, oh, yeah. in your life and your career in the speaking arena the communications arena can you think of a time when you had one of those teachable moments that you could share with us Ooh, uh i would say it would probably be easier to just say all the the 
failures I've had that have led to teachable moments. You know, uh, I think that anyone that's been successful in any avenue of life will tell you the same thing. The key to being successful is continuously being willing to try to fail as quickly as humanly possible. I know that sounds a little backwards, if you will, because the, the goal is success. But to truly achieve success, you have to have setbacks. And you have to be willing to not dwell on the setbacks negatively, but l- have the setbacks happen full speed. Uh, one of my football coaches used to tell me, Isa, if you're going to make a mistake, I don't care. But make the mistake 110%. Make it full on. Why? Because when you do it full on, you learn full on. Right. You're not you're not, you know, holding yourself back. Right. So I think in this dynamic for me, uh, setback after setback have taught me the lessons I needed to learn to be successful. Right. So for me, setbacks, as far as speaking goes, I haven't truthfully had that many. (laughs) But uh, as far as business and life goes, absolutely tons. So the key, I would say, for where Toastmasters and Speakers Bureau come into play is when it comes to not having the foresight, if you will, to be confident in not just your ability, but the message that you're trying to portray. And I think at the end of the day, that comes down to practice. And that's what, you know, the Toastmasters really is all about is giving you opportunities to practice developing your skill because at the end of the day the way you're going to perform is the way that you practiced right so if you practiced full on the way you would in front of a professional large audience but in front of a small group of friends and colleagues that are willing to be your supportive ears your educators your guides as you go through this process you're going to fail it's okay that's perfectly acceptable. You want to fail, but you want to fail so that you can learn. And that I think is big with Toastmasters, right? It gives you the opportunity to see where you're doing good things, to see where you're doing things that could be improved upon. And then once you've found what it is that needs to be improved upon, you set up a plan to execute the strategy to build and correct those mistakes. So I think that in and of itself is probably the biggest thing uh, that would be a message from the group, uh, groups, I should say, that I've been a part of in Toastmasters. It, it seems to me that it's also a great organization for providing opportunities to do something you're not comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. If someone in the club comes to you and says, it's time for officer elections, would you be our secretary? What should their answer be? Well, honestly, I think the answer should be yes, right? It's simple, right? If it's something that you haven't done, get out of your comfort zone, right? Try something new. Try to push yourself to do something that feels uncomfortable. Because in life, I think that if people can learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable, that is going to be the key to their success. You know, I hear that that phrase, you know, get out of your comfort zone. I've always thought personally it ought to be expand your comfort zone so that mm. that place that was seemed so scary and new and i don't know all of a sudden becomes part of your toolkit it becomes your one of your strengths and now you move on to the next level of uncomfort exactly exactly i mean uh for me just to give you guys a little background uh i, I come from the martial arts space uh for quite some time i was a professional fighter and what was interesting is when you practice uh mixed martial arts and jujitsu 
one of the very first most uncomfortable things that you learn is what it feels like when somebody's trying to crush your windpipe or somebody's trying to put their knee in your chest and, and, you know, make it hard for you to breathe. And initially, the normal reaction for any human being would be to panic in those situations, right? And you learn over time through practice that there are situations where you should panic and evade and there are other situations where you get brought into that discomfort as your way of developing your skill. Well, this is exactly the same thing when you when it comes to public speaking, right? Because if you think about it, the average person, would you believe this? Statistically, it's been shown that more people, when it comes to being in a funeral setting, would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy, <laughs> right? And I'm sure you've heard this before, you know, among the different speakers groups that we've been a part of. And what's interesting to me is that, yes, I agree 100% that as you grow, your comfort zone increases, right? It, it develops. You get more and more comfortable with more and more things. But I think the key to build on that idea when it comes to developing your skill is really a matter of continuously pushing yourself to new experiences that edge you out, make you more and more uncomfortable. Because the truth is, the more you practice that, the more your comfort zone grows. Mm -hmm. Is there any aspect of communication or leadership that is outside of your comfort zone that you need, oh, yeah. that you need to overcome? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For me, I would say the biggest aspect of uh, leadership that I have to work on is patience, right? And that's something that you definitely need to pick up on and learn in life is being patient. Uh, as a New Yorker uh, or a former New Yorker, uh, we're, we're very not short tempered, but we're all about the getting to the point. Okay. And when you when you come to you know, a new area in life and you're learning new people, new personalities, you have to be willing to take on short-term discomfort for long-term gain, right? And when it comes to leading, it's the same exact thing, right? Because no two people can be led the same way unless they feel like they are pushed towards a calling, and that for me is what I've been working on this past year and developing in my own skill set and realizing that in order for me to learn to successfully lead by example, I anybody that knows me knows I work seven days a week, 10 to 14 hours a day, every day, regardless of my illness, regardless of anything else I have going on. And that's not easy, but regardless, people don't like to see that aspect. If you if you think of the concept of an iceberg, right? Everybody sees the tip of the iceberg, the success part, but they don't see all the failures that led up to that tip of the iceberg, right? So when you want people to understand the trials and the tribulations that you go through to become successful in any arena or category, it's really all about getting them to learn your story and how that story resonates within them. And if you develop your skill as a communicator, we want to be, as in the Speakers Bureau, we have a saying where we say we want to be professional communicators, not so much professional speakers. And the reality of it is to be a professional communicator, you have to understand how to make your storylines or your content resonate to your audience. And for me, what I've found is that I've learned to develop this skill through being part of Toastmasters and being part of the Speakers Bureau in that 
we were able to do what we would call like a round robin shotgun style, you know, uh, evaluation where everybody in the group is giving you a tidbit here, a tidbit there. And I think that that in and of itself is one of the things that's for me at least helped me the most, right? Because it's one thing to have a single person evaluate you and give you a generalized feedback, but it's a whole nother thing when you have a room full of professional speakers and communicators in different arenas, because each speaker in the speakers bureau, for example, has a different set of expertise. Some are motivational speakers. Others are sales and marketing speakers. Others are empowerment speakers. So the truth of the matter is when you learn a little bit from everybody and you start incorporating that into your overall model, that goes into what you were saying before about growing your comfort zone, right? Because you can only grow that by getting that additional information. And I think that's big biggest part of any club that you're going to be in, in in the speakers bureau. You're going to find people that will do that for you and will do it openly, gladly with an open heart. And I think that is probably the biggest thing that makes a nervous, novice person that comes into a group like that much more comfortable and willing to give it a shot. <coughs> Finally, Isa as we wrap up here, do you have any advice for someone who's listening who is not a Toastmaster mm-hmm. and they've either never heard of it like you or they've heard of it but they've not acted on it? My best advice, go to a meeting. See what it's like. Now, the thing is that even if you go to a meeting, you may not like it the first time around may not like it the second time around, but give it a legitimate try. And the reason I say this is because, as I was mentioning before, personalities are different, right? So you might go to one club which runs their meeting very professionally. You might go to another club that runs the meeting more like a social gathering or more like a social group. The truth of the matter is you have to find the club that fits your personality. Right. So my best advice to anyone that is even just slightly considering it, go to a bunch of different meetings, try out a bunch of different clubs. You know, there are plenty of clubs all around the valley here, uh, here in Arizona. And of course, uh, all around the country and all around the world, from my understanding. So try out various clubs, see what it's like to be involved with the Toastmasters. Right. You know, there are people that, you know, will give certain negative connotations. And the truth of the matter is. There's good and bad in everything and in everyone. So there, why focus on the negatives? Focus on the positives, right? Look at where, where you can learn and or where you can provide value, right? Because you never know who you may inspire, right? For example, we have a young lady which just uh, recently has become part of the Speakers Bureau. And this person has to be one of the most inspirational people I've ever come across. And I would have never met her had it not been for the Speakers Bureau, right? And for me, as somebody dealing with my own you know, terminal illness and uh, other health issues that I have coming up in my life, it kind of gave me a way to once again be thankful because as difficult as what it is that I'm going through, what she goes through is even worse. And she still puts on a smile and gets up every day and is now adamantly trying to become a motivation to others as well. So when you see that in actuality, like it's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to read about it, but when you see that happening live, there's nothing that can replace that. So I think that would be, for me, the, the biggest you know proponent I would say that makes Toastmasters stand out. 
you know, the the constant motivation, the constant energy of people that are going to be there to support you. There's no better aspect of life than that, if you think about it. For all of those of you who are thinking about taking Isa's advice and checking out Toastmasters, you can find a club in your area by going to www.toastmasters.org, toastmasters.org, and there's a big friendly button that says find a club you can dial in your zip code your city time of day day of the week and you will find clubs near you check them out Isa, it's been a pleasure talking with you today i really appreciate the time thank you so much don it was great being here so i look forward to many many more of these who knows if someone would like to reach out to you would you be willing to leave your email address on the on the recording? Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. And I'll even do you one better, Don. I'll give you my email address and I'll even throw in my phone number. Okay. And we will put that into the show notes for podcast on the podcast channel. Go ahead and give us your email and phone. Absolutely. So the best way to reach me by email is my personal email, which is Isa Israel the number one, at gmail.com. And I'll spell that out for you guys. It's spelled E-Z-A-I-S-R- A-E-L, the number one, at gmail.com. And my phone number, for those of you that need to reach out to me that way, is 347-543-5333. That is my direct cell phone number. So if there's anything that I can do to help you guys get more acclimated to Toastmasters or more acclimated to the Speakers Bureau, if you're interested in really developing your skills, and even if you just need somebody to push you a little bit and give you a little motivation or a little kick in the butt, I'm your guy. So feel free to reach out. Let's have that number one more time. Absolutely. It is 347-543-5333. Excellent. Isa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We will have this up on the podcast channel pretty soon. And good luck with all of your projects. Well, thank you so much, John. It was a real pleasure to have you here today. And uh, I look forward to some great things this year. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.